This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. church say praise the Lord if you're happy to be here tonight say thank you Jesus I am happy to be here and in the presence of the Lord thank you so much praise team my heart was blessed as I listened to you lifting up the name of Jesus Christ what do you say I am so blessed as we invoked and invited the presence of the Holy Spirit to tarry with us and I don't know about you but in his presence there's fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore i just want to be in the presence of the holy spirit thank you so much musicians thank you so much ella mozart for your kind introduction it's such a joy to be here at plantations sda church what do you say happy for those again who are joining us online and i'm very happy for those who have chosen to join us in house as we seek to declare the name of jesus christ I've been having a wonderful time. Thank you again, Pastor Kevin, uh, Associate Pastor here, and Pastor Rose, who was here with us on Wednesday evening. It's such a joy to collaborate with God's children to declare the name of Jesus Christ. When I was asked a few months ago by Elder Smith if I'd be willing to come and share with the brethren here at Plantations, without any reservation, I said yes. I always, brothers and sisters, want to go where God leads. And many persons perhaps are asking, but how did you get this invitation? Uh, is Ella Smith your friend? And she would tell you that she just met me on Wednesday evening. And there's one thing in person that she met me on Wednesday evening. There's one thing I can tell you she's led by the Holy Spirit. And when God's people come together to pray and that's how we met on a prayer line and she said pastor I want you to know that the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and I believe that he wants you to come and share plantations and I'm here because the presence of the Holy Spirit led thank you so much praise team for that special song we're in our 10 days of prayer to those who are joining us online we're having as a world church 10 days of intense prayer we're having different prayer initiatives. Some are on 21 days, but the World Church is doing 10 days of prayer, and we're praying that the Holy Spirit will continue to lead his church here in the 21st century. And God's people in plantations are on board as we pray, seeking God's strength to encourage us in our faith walk with him. Frank Haskell, the writer of this year's reading, has entitled it, Priorities of Faith. What are some of the things that help to strengthen our faith in God? And this evening we want to look at the aspect of the blessing of waiting on the Lord. The blessing of waiting on the Lord. When I said wait just now, perhaps some people didn't respond because truth be told, we don't love to wait. I'm reading a book entitled, Lord, give me patience, but hurry up about it. <laughs> the, the author was, Lord, I want patience, but just hurry up about it, Ella Mozart. 
sometimes we fail, my brothers and sisters, in our desire to wait on the Lord. And tonight, through a different light, I want to share with you how advanced our God is and how it is important for us to wait upon him. And as we journey, we trust that you'll be blessed by the word of the Lord tonight. I've entitled this subject, The God Who Goes Before Us. The God Who Goes Before Us. And the text as recorded in our week of prayer reading is as read earlier, Psalm 46 verse 10. And El Haskell wrote it, he says, be still and know that I am God. Father in heaven, we ask that your presence will continue to dwell with us. Indeed, you are our comforter. You are the one promised by our brother Jesus Christ that you will lead and direct in all truth. So even now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you'll saturate this atmosphere with your presence. Be with those who are joining us online. And Lord, may you bless us as we share in your words tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The God who goes before us. My brothers and sisters, we will never understand how it is that the God of the universe operates in time. The eternal God who needs no time to exist, he wants us to be assured that he knows the end from the beginning and he wants us to know that whatever he does, it's always in an operation covered in love. The Bible reveals in Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 that his ways are higher than our ways. Did you hear me, church? His thoughts are above our thoughts and his thoughts and his ways are always better than our thoughts and our ways. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples who worked closely with him in 2 Peter 3 and verse 8 in trying to help us to understand God's timing, he said, a thousand years are like a day and a day like a thousand years. This is Peter who walked three and a half years with God and based on his understanding of God, he says, in the eyes of God, my brothers and sisters, a thousand years is like a day and a day like a thousand years. Some persons may wonder at a statement made by God to Adam. In Genesis 2 and verse 17, the Bible reads, after Adam would have spoken with God. God said to him, Adam, the day in which you eat of the fruit, the day in which you eat of the fruit, you shall surely die. I'm going somewhere and I want you to go with me. We're talking about the God who goes before us. I love mathematics. I, I do mathematics, if you will, on the side of ministry. My brothers and sisters, I love to calculate and I'd love to do calculations even throughout scriptures. God said to Adam, the day in which you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. And persons ask the question, did Adam really die on that same day that he sinned? And my mathematical calculations based on Peter's understanding, a thousand years is like a day unto the Lord and a day unto the Lord is like a thousand years. I posit to you tonight that Adam died that very same day. 
Mm. Where, where did you get that from, Pastor Lindsay? Yes, I love mathematics. The Bible said Adam lived 930 years. And if Adam lived 930 years and one day is like a thousand years to the Lord, my brothers and sisters, Adam never lived to see a thousand years. In fact, my calculation tells me 930 divided by 1,000 multiplied by 24. Why 24? Because we say there are 24 hours in a day. If you calculate it that way, my brothers and sisters, Adam lived in the sight of God based on Peter's understanding just about 22 hours. Adam never lived a day based on Peter's calculation in the eyes of God. And there may be persons now asking me, Pastor, what could be my age in this calculation? I put it to you that those who live three score and ten, in the eyes of God, you're living just about 1.6 hours. And of course, if you're living just about 32, 35, you're living just about 0.8 hours in the sight of God. We're talking about the God who goes before us. In Exodus chapter 13, verses 20 to 22, here's what is rendered in the scriptures. The Bible says in verse 20, Exodus chapter 13 and verse 20 to 22, after leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in pillow of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Listen to verse 22. It says, Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Well, we're talking about the God who goes before us. And I want to give you from a different perspective tonight through the eyes of the psalmist David in Psalm chapter 23, the 23rd division of the psalm. David, you know, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But tonight, I want us to focus on verse 5. The Bible says, verse 5, David, now writing to God's children, thou preparest a table before me. <laughs> In the presence of mine enemies. One of the best known, Pastor Kevin, groups from Jordan's population is the, are the Bedouins. The Bedouins are known in Arabic as the same group of people who still follow the tradition of ancient Israel. The Bedouins are shepherds and these persons take care of sheep just as David and other shepherds of old would have taken care of their sheep. Scripture often refers to shepherds looking for pastors for their flocks. And they went to the entrance of Gedda, even to the east side of the valley, according to 1 Chronicles 4.39. Shepherds are always looking for place to put their sheep. We went on a recent trip to the Holy Land, and a few of us saw some shepherds, some of the Bedouin shepherds, my brothers and sisters, and one of them was interviewed by a certain young man. Wallace interviewed a shepherd, Fernando, his name was, and learned much about the provision the shepherd makes for his sheep. 
here's some interesting things that we learned. The shepherd in the Bedouin culture, my brothers and sisters, they must have a plan of action as to what pastures they will head toward the following day. I wanted to get it now. As they leap, as they lead the sheep to a suitable pasture, they recognize the importance of starting the journey early to allow sufficient time for the sheep to graze along the way. If a stream does not have a rock, my brothers and sisters, a pool, a shepherd will make a pocket with his hands from which his sheep can drink. So in Bedouin culture, here's what they did. The Bedouin shepherd would have gone at least one day ahead of the sheep to prepare the place where they wanted them to go. I'm going somewhere, church. And, and, and this is Philip Keller now writing in his book, A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm. Here's what Philip Keller says on page 99. He shares his perspective on verse 5 by stating that, in thinking about this statement, it is well to bear in mind that the sheep are approaching the high mountain country of the summer ranges. These are known as the Alplands or the Tablelands. In sheep country, the high plateau of sheep ranges are always referred to as in Spanish, mesas, which is the English word translated table. The classic example is the Table Mountain near Cape Town, which is world-renowned, my brothers and sisters. So it may be seen that what David referred to as a table was actually the entire summer range. David says, thou prepares a table before me. In our eyes, sometimes we think it's a literal table. But verse 5, from the understanding of a shepherd, my brothers and sisters, is very powerful and something that we can relate to as Christians as we seek to be blessed by waiting on the Lord. Verse 5, the Bible reads, Thou preparest a table, and I want you to underline that word, before me, in the presence of mine enemies. Many times we stress the part about God providing for us while our enemies watch. While that is true, my brothers and sisters, our enemies are not always people. For the sheep... There were poisonous weeds at the table. These were their enemies. There were dangerous things in the table land for the sheep. These were their enemies. Let me remind you that upon this earth, we have other enemies which are not necessarily people. Death is an enemy. Sickness is an enemy. Heartaches are enemies. Pain are also enemies. But I want you to know that even in the presence of our enemies, God provides for us a table. In looking at this word before, and I want you to see its significance and look at Psalm 23 in a different light tonight. The Bible says, thou preparest a table before me. Kevin, Pastor Kevin, my brother, the Bible tells us that God prepares a table before me. The word before in the Hebrew is the word lipne. And lipne, my brothers and sisters, suggests not just a preposition of place, but lipne also signifies an adverb of time. 
Not only does a litany means a preposition where God puts a literal table in front of us, my brothers and sisters, but litany also signifies that God goes ahead of us. Thou preparest a table before me. God goes before us. He goes ahead of us. He precedes us and he prepares for us, my brothers and sisters, because he is the good shepherd. And I did some calculations and I wanted to be impressed by them as I did some work. Even if God went a minute ahead of us based on Peter's calculation, it is already over a half a year in the sight of man. My brothers and sisters, it is for us to know that we cannot put our God in a box. He's bigger than our thoughts. He's bigger than our ways. His ways are not our ways. His time is not our time. So it behoves us to wait on the Lord. Here's what God does, and I want you to catch it as a good shepherd. God goes before us. He prepares the place for us. And he comes back, my brothers and sisters, to walk into his past and take us into our future. What a mighty God we serve. This God is so patient with us that he goes ahead of us. He prepares the way before us. He comes back into his past and he walks us into our future. We serve a mighty God. So when he told the Israelites that he has already delivered the nations into their hands, it was done in his sight. It's not something that he saw was happening or will be happening. It was already done in the sight of God. When he tells us, my brothers and sisters, he knows the thoughts, he thinks towards us, thoughts of good and not of evil, it's because they are already done in the eyes of God. A few months ago, I was at Andrews University, my brothers and sisters, with desires to travel to the Holy Land, Egypt, Jordan, Israel. The trip cost was over $4,000, and you'd have to make a down payment of $200. I told my family who were in Jamaica, my brothers and sisters, that I'm going on that trip next year. They asked me, how is it that you're going to make it? We know you don't have any money. But I said, by faith in God, I'm going on that trip. A few months toward that trip, they had a deadline for the rest of the funds to be paid. My brothers and sisters, we serve a mighty God. I wasn't able to make another payment but that $200. But just about a month before that trip, I got a call from one of the professors at Andrews University and he said to me, the general conference is paying for a mission trip then to Ukraine and he wanted us to be a part of it. And he asked me, would you be willing to go? My brothers and sisters, amidst the fact that I wanted to go to Israel, Jordan, and the Holy Land, Egypt, my brothers and sisters, I decided without a shadow of doubt that wherever the Lord leads, I'm going to go. And so I said to him, yes, I will go. In the midst of all of this plan, there were university discussion, general conference discussion, and then the agreement was we cannot send these students into war zone. And so they differed the trip from Ukraine and they sent us into Africa. 
<laughs> I'm talking about the God who goes before us. They, they sent us into Africa. We went to Zambia and we preached for two and a half, three weeks. And praise God, over 1,000 persons gave their hearts to Jesus. And not only that, my brothers and sisters, after that trip was finished, AWR paid my fee over to Zambia. And that same funds was able to take me from Zambia over into Egypt and to Jordan by the grace of God. Because he is the God who goes before us. When you step out in faith, God moves mountain. When I didn't know how I was going to get into Zambia, I mean into Egypt, Jordan, God had already worked it out. <laughs> we struggled, and the testimonies are many. When I went into England as a Jamaican, needing a UK visa, the other students, Pastor Kevin, most of them were US citizens, so they didn't need a visa into UK but I needed one and they said they were willing to stay with me if I wasn't able to get through the border controls but I said to them even if I have to turn back in England I'm going to Zambia to preach the word of God when I came up to border controls they said to me we cannot let you through one of the professors Dr. Origia he said let me talk to your supervisor he spoke to the supervisor the supervisor came over Elamazard and he said to me uh, you're with this group I said yes I'm with this group and the supervisor took my passport without a UK visa stamped it and sent me into England my brothers and sisters because there was a God who went before us I want somebody to know in your situation tonight that God is not surprised you have a God who goes before you. In fact, I want to remind you of his own words. In John 14, verse 1 to 3, and I want you to get a new light from this. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, plantations. In my father's house are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. This is Jesus speaking, the good shepherd. Here's what he says. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus says, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And to those who are watching, to those who are in the house, my brothers and sisters, you'd get it from a new perspective when you see God as the God who goes before us why has Jesus gone to heaven is he up there as a carpenter knocking boards and making up walls no Jesus my brothers and sisters has already gone before us he's preparing a place for us but not just that he's coming back to take us to that place so that where he is there we may be also and it must be more interesting to you to me, my brothers and sisters, when we realize, and perhaps you thought about it as I have, does Jesus need 2,000 years to prepare mansions? This Jesus who spoke and it was done, he commanded and he stood fast, who made the world in seven, six literal days and rested on the Sabbath, my brothers and sisters. Does this Jesus need over 2,000 years just to be preparing a mansion for you and for me? No, he doesn't. In fact, let me share with you. The Greek word for place is topos. 
This does not only mean a place, a building, or a structure. Jesus, my brothers and sisters, doesn't need a day to make a mansion. In fact, John in Revelation told us he has already seen the building. He has already seen the outline of the building. So if I am here, Jesus says, in my father's house are many mansions. He didn't say there will be many mansions. He says there are many mansions. So I posit to you tonight that the mansions are ready. The mansions are ready. But he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Pastor Kevin, the word topon, it's not necessarily only structure or building, but the topon in the Greek term, my brothers and sisters, it also means opportunity. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare an opportunity for you. And when I go and make an opportunity for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. That is why Pastor Frank says, my brothers and sisters, that God is patient. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus has gone to create an opportunity for us. He's a God who goes before us. And this God who goes before us is not in heaven knocking nails right now. He's not building up some wall structure to ensure that no one steal their way into the kingdom. My brothers and sisters, this God who goes before us, he has prepared and created an opportunity. What is that opportunity? Paul tells us he's making intercession on our behalf. My brothers and sisters, he stands between God and man. And each day he's saying to the father, yes, Gordon Lindsay has messed up. But father, my blood prevails. The God who goes before us. He's creating opportunity so that we can get the structure. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. That is why tonight we want to remind you, be still and know that he is God. Wait on the Lord, my brothers and sisters, because they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You, you didn't hear me, plantation. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. My brothers and sisters, it pays and it's still a blessing to wait on the Lord. Persons might be saying, Pastor, but I've been waiting for years. He's still an on-time God. He may not come when we want him to, but he'll be there right on time. In fact, I found it interesting, and, and I think you'll find it interesting as well, that in that very same verse, Isaiah used the word quava for the word waiting on the Lord. And for Isaiah, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? For Isaiah and the Hebrew culture, to wait on the Lord is to lock yourself to him as the rope lock itself together. 
So, so, so Isaiah is saying, like you're in a three-legged race, my brothers and sisters, and your feet is locked together with your partner in that race, that is how we should wait on the Lord. My brothers and sisters, when God moves, you should move with him. When God moves, you should move with him. When God stops, you should stop by him. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It pays to wait on the Lord. He's the God who goes before us. David says he prepares a table before us. Not just a preposition of place, but an adverb of time. God has already gone ahead of us. Somebody's worrying about tomorrow. The songwriter says, I don't worry about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds the future. Uh, plantations, I know who holds the future. And I know he holds my hand. Tonight, I submit you into the hands of the God who goes before us. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. We need to be locked into God. Like the ropes are locked together. And that is what God says we should do when we wait on him. When God moves, we move just like him. Church is going home time. And I'm not just talking about going home from this building. I'm telling you that Christ is about to return. And there are many persons in our families, there are many persons in our communities. As I spoke with the organizers of this wonderful initiative, and I tried to find out what was the passion of their hearts, Pastor Rose would tell me, I want to connect more with the community that individuals can get to know Jesus. Ella Smith would have told me, Pastor, Jesus is coming, and I want God's people to know this and to be ready for his second coming. My brothers and sisters, it is going home time. Let us not fall asleep at this point, folks. We're almost there. Let's be fervent in prayer. Let's be fervent in prayer and proclaim the everlasting gospel. He is the advanced God. He is the God who goes before us. When I learned this about Jesus Christ, it changed my whole perspective. I'm not only thinking about the signs of the times anymore, my brothers and sisters. I'm thinking that Jesus is so loving, so kind, that he's gone to prepare or to create an opportunity for me to make it to heaven. And every time I think about this, I cringe in my soul. Jesus is not in heaven over 2,000 years, brothers and sisters, trying to not build in together. No, he's there because he wants each of us to be saved in his kingdom. And that is the reason why he's not back yet. Like the shepherd who goes a day ahead of the sheep and prepares that table land for them and comes back and get them and walk into the future. That is what Jesus is doing. He's creating the opportunity so that we can inherit the structure. I want to be there. Do you want to be there? Do you really want to be there, church? To those who are online, do you really want to be there? If you want to be in God's kingdom, why don't you type in the chat, 
I'll wait on you, Lord. I'll wait on you, Lord. Jesus is waiting on us. And it behoves us to wait on him. Because those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I want to pray for someone tonight who perhaps have had struggles in their lives waiting because you thought God should have come through long ago in your life with your situations that you've been praying about. But tonight you recognize that God's ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. He's a God who goes ahead of us. He's an advanced God. And tonight you want to say, Pastor, pray for me that my faith may be strengthened in him and that I'll hold true to his promises. Is there anyone here who wants me to pray that prayer tonight? I see the hands. My brothers and sisters, God knows your hearts. We're praying tonight. Father in heaven, what a mighty God you are. <laughs> you are the God who goes before us. You go ahead of us, God. You precede us. You go and prepare our places for us. And out of your love and mercy for us, God, you come back into your past or present and walk into the future with us. You're a mighty God. Tonight, Lord, there are those in this house and online perhaps who are saying that they've been praying about things over the years, months. They haven't been seeing the answers, but tonight they're saying we'll learn to trust you more, God. Tonight, God, I pray with your divine blessing upon their hearts, you'll shine through their situations and help them to remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. May you bless us, God, as we go. May we reflect on your words daily, noting that one day soon, the eastern skies will open and you'll come and take us to live and reign with you forever. We praise your name, O oh God, and may each one within the hearing of my voice be a part of your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.